The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Um, companies are uber sensitive to not doing anything that places any of their employees in a position of uh, bringing forth a sexual harassment suit or an inappropriate behavior, HR complaint or anything like that. But I've been going to Christmas parties for 25 years and I, as an entertainer, and i got to tell you, I've seen nothing but inappropriate behavior over those years. It's almost... I don't want to go so far as to say it's rare when there isn't. You know, I, I think over the past few years, things have toned down Definitely. a little bit. I think people are more aware now than... Well, I would like to think that people are more aware now than they have ever <laughs> yeah. been when it comes to, um, you know, what is proper behavior, improper behavior at a at a work function. But, wanna... oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the, the Christmas work parties, um, notoriously... Mm-hmm. Are the places where, you know, you start telling off your boss or That's telling right. your boss what you think should be done. Maybe you're dirty dancing with the, the head of sales for Western Canada, <laughs> whatever. Like, I've seen I've seen this. It's, it's changed, hasn't it, over the years? Because those are two of the things that pop up, I think, the most at Christmas parties. The inappropriate communication mm-hmm. with a superior or vice versa. Uh, the unwanted romantic advances. And, and have you not been to at least one Christmas party, not ours, of course, where two people get far friendlier than they should? I've seen it. Oh, and it's just, I find it entertaining, to be honest with you. But the other thing about Christmas parties that I think has sort of changed a little bit over the years is that it used to be that, well, maybe this isn't the way. Maybe this is just the companies I worked for. Mm. They would have the dinner. And they would have the speeches, and then the party would begin, and senior management would leave. Uh huh. Because they're smart. Right. You know. Get out of dodge. Don't right, want to deal with this. Yeah. You want to be there to show respect for your employees, but you want to leave before any of this, uh, you know, unfolds. Um, but now it seems like, because of the economy, the companies have turned Christmas parties into business functions. So therefore, you know, senior management gets up there and talks about the year and (laughs) and goes over the financial statements. And it's gotten to the point or they've reduced what they're willing to pay for. So there's no longer an open bar. You get a, you get a couple of tickets and, um, or they didn't hire a DJ. They, you know, some guy with his iPod or whatever. The parties are not what they used to be, which some would argue is a good thing. I would argue, it's taken all the fun out of it. I know it's pretty standard now for companies to actually, ours doesn't, but they may this year, send out an email in advance. In fact, it's recommended by experts that management send out an email in advance, outline what the anticipation is for your conduct at this yeah, function. Yeah. Because they, what, they ha- employees have to be reminded not to get a completely gunned and hit on the receptionist. That's... In some cases, yeah. I guess so. The funny thing is, there's a company out there called Office Team, and they've got a website. They help people find um, employees. They did a survey. (laughs) They uh, asked more than 550 Canadian workers who work in an office environment what they thought of their Christmas party, and they found that fewer than 30% considered the event even fun, Mm. while slightly more than 20% reported feeling obligated to attend and i think a lot of folks feel that way to be honest with you obligated to attend like if i'm you know i i've I've felt that way at times 
You're not going to be around for our Christmas party. No, not this year. Okay. And we have a joint Christmas party with uh, Global. Which that, last year was the first year right. of that. Um, so there's going to be a lot of people there. For me, the fact that you and Coach won't be there is probably the deal breaker I was going to say the reason why you're not going to go? Probably not. Yeah. I'll end up booking a show that night so I have plausible deniability. But <laughs> So if anyone's looking for a comedian on January 6th, Good to go. know. Yeah, it'll be cheap. Um, because I, I, I don't... Well, that's a comfort zone for you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can sit with you and Coach and, and Carol and I will have a great time, yep. right? And you're sort of, I don't know, you're sort of my social buffer as well, right? <laughs> So as people approach, you tell me who they are, like that kind of thing. That's actually our president. Okay, good. Sad but true. I know, absolutely true. So I don't know. Going on my own doesn't really... Mm. Listen to this. I run a mid-sized company, and every Christmas party we have, I will get asked for a raise by someone. I will be told off by someone, and someone will quit. <laughs> really? I've seen people fired at Christmas parties for heckling the entertainment. I've, I've, oh, well, that's kind of tearing it, a hunk. It, yeah, it. I mean, I can think of more than one example, and certainly comedians have all kinds of stories of people being thrown out of their own Christmas party because they wouldn't behave. And again, this is just my perspective, obviously, as a comedian, because I see everybody, yeah. right? But um, oftentimes it'll be the spouse of some employee. Yeah who just has a few too many, thinks they're funny, beaks off, beaks off, but doesn't, I think, consider that the company spent a ton of cash on this entertainment, from the comedian to the sound system to the lights to the everything, mm -hmm. and this guy or girl are just throwing that away, right? Brad in Grand Prairie says, man, I wish you could see what the Christmas parties were like in the 70s. <laughs> I went to a few. <laughs> Wild, I think, would be an understatement, he says. <laughs> but yeah, like I, you know, I've, I've been to Christmas parties where legit the, um, one of the reporters, when I, when I mentioned, you know, Dirty Dancing with the head of sales from, yeah, that was going on. We were all just sitting back watching going, whoa, mm -hmm. um, where one fellow was noshing with someone who wasn't his wife you know just all of these things you know and where two wives ended up kind of hooking up yeah oh wow really? yeah like yeah there, there there's been some eye-opening go really <laughs> i wish i could tell you the story i a, want to tell it's, you but it's, I can't. A, it's amazing what happens though yeah um you know you get a few drinks into, into somebody i was at a christmas party few years back and my husband almost had his head taken off he got someone got pretty loaded and was very upset about something and her shoes were just getting winged Whoa. down the, down the hallway See, down the staircase to me that's a great well Christmas that's kind of fun but yeah it's just one of those okay back when i started in comedy i used to fill in the financial gaps by being a santa claus <laughs> and i would go to christmas uh, parties uh, corporate christmas parties where usually management would give me a sack of of toys or or you know like they'd be little whatever like bracelets for the ladies and tie clips for the men or money clips or yep. something like that and everybody wants to sit on your lap and get a picture with santa and i can't tell you yeah no the the number of times inappropriate inappropriate touching with hi jed hey i'll tell you guys one andrew santa claus perfect lead-in when i worked for harley davidson we had this big huge guy about 450 pounds every year he played santa well what we used to do is we used to pull tickets and you never knew who you were getting because you're pulling a number right 
Well, somehow they figured out uh, Big Jimmy, the guy that owned the Harley dealership back in Vancouver, they figured out somebody was going to get his number anyway. So this guy's playing Santa, and my ex just happened to be the little elf handing stuff out, and he sees his box sitting under the tree, and it's got arrows all up, pointing up. Don't tip over, it says. Don't tip over. So here we are. We're in this real fancy restaurant. We're sitting at the back, and we've got the room all back there. And you hear him call call for this gym guy. Hey, Jim, Jim, come up and see Santa. Blah, 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 blah. What they did was they went to San Francisco, and they bought a plastic urinal bottle. A plastic what? Three, you, you know, the urinal bottle. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. They sold three-quarters full of apple juice. And then they break up about 10 O'Henry bears and they put it in. And you see this thing, and there's people in this restaurant eating. Oh, no. And all of a sudden, they're watching this guy, and Santa decides he's going to take a swig of it. Oh, my God. Oh, Let me no. tell you. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> so the guy from the restaurant comes over and goes, uh, you guys are going to have to shut this down. <laughs> oh, my God. That's goodness. horrible. Oh, it was terrible. Anyway. Jed, thanks hey, for the call. Yeah, have a good one, guys. Okay. Hey, guys, I also run a mid-sized company, and I wish those that don't want to attend say so, so I don't have to pay for their spot if they don't appreciate it. Listen, this one says, I brought a date to the company golf tournament. She got hammered, crashed the golf court, golf cart into something, and then peed herself. She should cool. <laughs> arguably could be considered less than optimal behavior. <laughs> <laughs> Dave says, had to drive 100K to our Christmas party. Can't, uh, can't drink, have to sit and watch 20 people get drunk. Really don't want to go, but I'm obligated. Huh. Um, getting thrown out of your work Christmas party would be something all right, especially if you're the owner. <laughs> <laughs> Some people just don't want to go, but I appreciate, I appreciate, um, well, here's the thing. If your work didn't have a Christmas party, would you be ticked that they didn't have one? Like, is that something that is expected still? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. It is. I mean, it's funny because I'll, I'll be a hypocrite here. I, I want our Christmas party to be in December mm-hmm. um, when I th- I'm more in a Christmas mood. mood. But the truth is, I wouldn't be able to attend no. if it was in no. December. We've had years here um, over the past what nine years that I've been here that um, that there were no Christmas parties because of you know it was tough times. There was no Christmas parties at all. Kind of missed it. Kind of missed it. But now that it's there, it's like. Eh. Hmm. I just don't want to feel obligated. Well, don't you automatically feel obligated? (laughs) Let's go to break. All right. Talking about the work Christmas party and how there's a lot of companies out there now that are helping companies, other companies, um, you know, manage through it and help afterwards if something does happen. And, you know, the concern uh, more recently before this latest round of concerns about appropriate behavior was always just drinking and driving. There was a time, and I go back, mm-hmm. like I say, 25 years of doing Christmas parties mm-hmm. where everybody got drunk and piled into the cars and drove home. Yeah. And then we became smarter and said, okay, so if you're going to serve alcohol or if alcohol is being served, you have to allow for tax jets or, or something, taxi jets, to get everybody home. Uh, or you have to provide a service. And uh, now I guess we've become smarter again. We have to warn the employees or we have to not allow or limit the number of drinks that the employees have or we have to warn them in advance of appropriate behavior. I'm, I'm, 
I, I guess that's a good thing. From Peace River, the company I work for gave us a, cha- a choice of a golfing day or Christmas party. Overwhelmingly, the golf day won. And on that uh, note, Andrew, in this climate of sexual harassment accusations, I'm surprised there are company Christmas parties at all. I agree. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if we see gone, more and more yeah. uh, just saying, nope, not doing it. Hi, Jeff. Hi, yeah. What's I've going got on? a quick story of a Christmas party that um, I used to run a warehouse that had about 60 people in it. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, one of my employees came to me. I wasn't going to the Christmas party, and he was just about in tears the next Monday. And he said, I want to apologize. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get fired. Oh. And I said, what did you do? And mm. he said, well, we our current president was the son of the founder of the company, and, and the founder and his wife would always come to the party. And he said, I asked uh, the founder's wife to dance, and it was a slow dance, and I'd had too much to drink, and she was 80 years old. And he grabbed her caboose with both hands oh. with conviction. Wow. And he was sure he was going to get fired. So I went to the president just to feel out the situation and see what was going to happen. And he laughed and he said, oh, is that about grabbing my mom's bum? <laughs> oh, no, really? <laughs> he said uh, she was so thrilled it had been 40 years this young man had grabbed her bum. <laughs> he said dad was not as happy, but he'll get over it. <laughs> Do you know, you made me remember, I'd, I'd forgotten about this. Do you remember when Christmas parties were sometimes, especially for smaller companies, they'd just be at the boss's house? So you do, oh, yeah. you know, you go to the oh, boss's, sure. right, and and you usually, you know, a beautiful house with big high ceilings in the living room or whatever. You thought, wow, this is cool. And I think it served two purposes. It was cheaper, uh, but it also gave you an idea of yeah. what, what your house might yeah. look like if you stayed with the company. But I got absolutely cornered by the boss's wife upstairs during a Christmas party uh, when I was young and just graduated from university and had started with this company. Oh, that kind of gives it away. But um, but I went to the boss's house, and she said, oh, if you have to go to the washroom, because I was waiting outside the powder room downstairs, she said, there's one upstairs. And I went, okay. And she said, I'll show you. And I said, I'm sure I'll find it. No, I'll show you. And she absolutely cornered me upstairs. But I had the same reaction. Like, I'm, I'm fine. I, I can handle myself. But I thought, well, what if she goes downstairs and tells the boss that uh-huh. it was me? That you know what I mean? Like I would. Oh yeah. my God! I, I avoided her, like the plague for the rest of the time I was with that company. Yeah. It's <laughs> Lots tough. Lots of stuff happens when you throw a little alcohol. Little alcohol, yeah. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Take Thanks. it easy Bye-bye. now. Yeah. It. Uh, if, I, it, it doesn't matter if it's a Christmas party. It can be a wedding. Sure. It can be. A mess dinner. Yeah. <laughs> it, it can be, yeah. it can be, you know, any time where, you know, people are getting together where they think they're going to cut loose a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, see, isn't that there's, the mistake there right little, there, though? Well, is, is that where you're supposed to be let, letting loose? But if you can't let loose and have a little bit of fun at your Christmas party and but your, I'm, your I'm, weddings, I'm really old you just school have to know with this. when. Right. Because at a corporate function, no matter what that function, it could be a sales conference, it could be a golf tournament, it could be a Christmas party, it could be a training session. Yeah. Anytime it's a corporate function, I think you're representing yourself to the corporation. Yeah. So therefore, your conduct, and I can tell you, maybe this is old school as well, Algoma Steel, I'll just say, Algoma Steel, management at Algoma Steel told me more than on one occasion, that they used Christmas parties and uh, golf tournaments 
as an opportunity to see how you would conduct yourself uh, in a social environment with alcohol involved because they don't want salesmen out there doing inappropriate things with million-dollar customers and how you conducted yourself yeah. and people think well it was a christmas party right but it's the same now the equivalent now would be social media but it was my twitter account no it's not but you're still representing the corporation right my uh my cousin in england who was in the military years ago whenever he sees and i'm off to do something maybe there's a conference or whatever and he wrote something and i will never forget it he says just remember you're always on parade yep you're always on and it's you're always it's a christmas it's a work party but you're still at work Let, let's yep. be real that's Absolutely. what it is you're always going to be out there and you're representing you're at representing. the very least you're always representing yourself right uh this text just came in from rob it says christmas parties expected absolutely christmas bonuses definitely expected who still gets christmas bonuses oh, man really? i don't know if that even happens anymore companies making millions in profits and not hold a party or give a bonus shameful i've actually quit at at a christmas party for that reason wow <laughs> really? Christmas bonus? What's that? I, I got consider- a turkey once from... No a, way. Like a, and a, a gift certificate in, in, when I was in Regina from like a, a deli, like a $30 gift certificate for a meat at a deli and a turkey once. That's all I've ever gotten uh, from Actually, I got bonus. a Christmas bonus once. Um, it I was, got to work the next year. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. it was Montreal smoked meat. Yeah. But depending on where you were in the organization determined how big a package of smoked meat you got. And I definitely had the smallest package at that party. What? Conversation with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chat, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. It's 3.38. Well, mature workers are staying engaged in the workforce longer than ever before. And in Alberta, they're working longer into their traditional retirement years than anyone else in the country. Is this good? Is there a dark side to it all? Well, for the answer, we're joined for our weekly edition of The The Hoot with uh, Todd Hirsch, a senior economist from uh, ATB Financial. Hey, Todd. Hey, guys. You know, before we get into, I guess, the reasons for this, and this is an important topic to me because I'm just coming up on 60 right now, so traditional thinking would Mm -hmm. suggest that I should be getting out of working within the next... No intention of doing that. So is this this a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I guess it depends why you're doing it. I tend to think on balance it's a good thing because I think fundamentally it shows that people are healthier into their 50s, 60s, even 70s. They're often engaged in what they're doing, and they're just not ready to sort of check out and do nothing. And for the vast majority of us, retirement isn't living in the Bahamas and golfing every day. You know, their retirement is something much different. So I think it's good that people are staying engaged. It does get a little bit challenging, I think, when you have a job that is perhaps a bit more physically demanding. Mm. So if you are a, a mill work, uh, a construction worker, or a pipe fitter, or a plumber, and it, it's requiring you to you know, move in ways that your body at 55 or 65 it might not want to do anymore, 
that is a different situation. And, you know, you and I, Andrew, and, and Jalen, we don't have those kinds of jobs. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a little easier for me to say, yeah, I want to keep working. But uh, it's because I don't have a particularly physically demanding job. But, you know, you're talking about the difference between uh, continuing to work because you love your job and continuing to work because you need a job. Well, and that's the dark side of it. And you've, you've hit the nail on the head that you have to keep working. And I think the other dynamic over the last two decades, and, and my little owl report, this is the, a, a topic I covered last Wednesday, looking at the participation rate of people age 55 and over in the workforce. Back 20 years ago, it was about 31% of people aged 55 and over. So that goes all the way into the you know 70s and 80s. Uh, about 31% were still in the workforce. They were either working or looking for work. Now it's at 47% in Alberta. It's the highest in the country, almost hmm. half of people over the age of 55. Now it drops off, of course, when you get into the 60s and 70s. But Andrew, I think you, you sort of hit it on the head when you said they need to work. The other dynamic we've seen over the last, especially 10 years, is historic low interest rates. And that's great if you're a borrower and you want a mortgage, but it's terrible news if you're a saver and you're watching your pension funds and your RRSPs and they're not performing as well as perhaps you would hope they would be when you started buying them 20 or 30 or 40 years ago. So as a result of these low, low interest rates, I think a lot of people are realizing, you know, my RRSP or my pension funds or my investments, they're just not giving me enough uh, that I can, you know, sort of check out of work at 55 or 60 or 70. Uh, I'm going to have to remain working. And that's the dark side of it. It's people who would love to not work so much and love to spend more time with their grandkids or golfing or whatever it is. But because of a financial situation, they have to keep working. So, so much here, Todd. So much here. Because there's three things that pop into my mind on this topic. And I, by the way, love this topic. So you've got life expectancy, which is... Um, gone up. Mm-hmm. So that would certainly explain why there was more individuals above 55 even available to work. And and the length of time of a retirement would be much longer now if, you're, if life expectancy is uh, right. greater. So you, you think, well, I don't want to do nothing for 30 years. I could do nothing for 10, you know, so might change your thinking. You also have an aging population. So the pool from which workers are drawn may be in general overall aging so therefore Mm -hmm. that might skew the statistics but i'll tell you the one that jumps into my mind right away is planning and when i think about um when i opened my first bank account and my dad took me to the bank and i met the bank manager and they suggested what kind of account i should have and he talked to me about savings plans and stock plans and canada savings you know and these kind of things and there was a plan but the bigger conversation here i think is the fact that as a society we've stopped planning we we've stopped coming up with contingency mm-hmm. um for yeah. even you know being out of work let yeah. alone retiring yeah and that is one thing i mean i'm going to put on my uh financial institution hat here a little bit one thing we always tell our customers at ATP financial the most important thing is that you have a plan 
and if you're looking at investing or you're looking at a retirement um, come in and, and, and talk to a financial planning expert because they're the ones who will help you. The younger, the, the earlier you can do it, obviously, the better. But it, it's one of those things that's never too late to start planning. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I don't think we have put as much emphasis on planning. And that it doesn't need to be that you're so focused on one goal that you can't be flexible and kind of move within it. But you should be planning for uh, unforeseen situations, and you should be planning for the kind of retirement that, that you would like to have. And I think that that's got to start early. I mean, I think a the lot of us probably yeah. have, I mean, have put it, it off. Ideally, it starts early. Right? Ideally, it starts right. early, but, you know, personally, you know, that I didn't have any of my jobs. There was no pension stuff. There was no savings. There was no money to be making any right. savings. And so that got pushed well into probably my 30s, and that's when it started. And then it was like, okay, now it's time to catch up. And playing catch up isn't a whole lot of fun. No, and you know what, Jay? That's no. the problem, and I'm sure you'd agree, Todd. If You know, I, I talk about my dad take me into the bank and mm-hmm. explain things to me, but I'm not as good at it as he was. So now I'm the one teaching my kids um, how to plan, but I, I, I'm i not nearly the teacher my dad was. They're going to be even more brutally mm-hmm. unprepared to teach their children. You, you, we've gotten to a point where we're thinking about how we afford the next item we want to own as opposed to thinking about retirement how we're going to pay for 30 years of not working right like what's your plan other than winning the lottery what's your plan right and that to me that's the greater conversation here and and i think one of the major reasons why people are working um into their 60s and 70s because there's no other plan i was trying to explain to a younger person the other day what layaway meant (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's sort of purchasing with a plan right it's not immediate consumption i plan to buy that and you know whatever my mom would buy like a dress or something Mm -hmm. i don't know like almost anything that you couldn't afford right off the bat and they would set it aside for you until your monthly payments you know and then and then you got it but i mean we do live in a different day and age so generally we don't plan our consumption that well um or we don't plan it that way. But uh, I, I wanted to get back and, and touch just a little bit about this thing with retirement age. Uh, mm-hmm. Very few people understand that the reason 65 has traditionally been viewed as retirement age, and this goes way back to the beginning of the welfare state back in Europe after the war, and that's because 65 was selected because 66 was life expectancy. <laughs> so, so they said, well, on average, you get a year to, you know, live after you retire and then, then you die. And that's why all these pensions worked, because they didn't have to pay out for 10 or 20 or 30 years. Yeah. They paid out for an average of about a year or so. Uh, so now we are all living longer. We're living more happily. We're healthier. Uh, and as a result, I think we need to rethink, and I think a lot of people are, but we need to re- sort of let go of this idea that 65 something magical happens definitely i would say between 55 60 and maybe 75 you might want to think differently about how you work and i think there's lots of flexibility i think the millennials show us what the gig economy is all about what contract working is all about not this incessant you know punch in punch out for 44 hours a week and I think uh, mature workers want more flexibility, and I think that's a great model to uh, sort of ease into retirement rather than just you quit working 
and you stop everything. What about this as another factor, Todd, that there was a time in which staying with the same job for 20 years was seen as you being a great employee, somebody mm. dedicated to the firm and to your career. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody who stays at the same company for 20 years is seen as not having upward mobility or yeah. ambition. Right? <laughs> or ambition, right? But the difference between the two would be how many of us who do have some sort of stock option or pension plan have logged on, looked at the amount and went, oh, wow, look at that. I've got $5,000 mm-hmm. or I've got $10,000. You don't even know you're saving. But if you stay with the same company for 20 years, that adds up. But it's not something we do anymore. No, well, and it, and it depends on the exact kind of pension program your company has. Some are more generous than others. There's probably all kinds of listeners right now thinking, wait a minute, I've worked for the same company for 25 years, and they don't even have a pension plan in place. Mm-hmm. You know, so some, some do, and, and, but many others don't. But see, there's another great conversation as well, Todd, talking about planning. But when you yeah. apply for a job... Um, and, you know, if you go to these websites that advise you on how to do well in an interview and what you should ask when the question at the end of the interview is, do you have any questions for me? That's a great question. What's your pension yeah. plan? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, that's and part of the big plan, right? Here, I, I like our pension plan. plan. We've got a employee-employer contribution program. So yeah. the more you want to put into it, the yeah. more you're going to, to, max, right? to, to have yeah. match. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a very typical kind of plan. We have the same kind of plan at ATB. I remember way back in the day when I first started at Canadian Pacific Railway way back in the 90s, and they were moving away from the defined benefit plan, which was much more common in the 70s and 80s and 90s, to the defined contribution. So the defined benefit plan, and that's the kind my father would have had when he retired from Canada Safeway, is that you get the same defined benefit each month for as long as you live after you retire. Mm, wow. Yeah, and that was, you know, that was the, the, the retirement pension model that grew out after the Second World War, and that was, that was the common model. Um, but it all started to fall apart in the 90s because people were living longer and not as many younger people were coming into the workforce to replace the baby boomers that were now starting to retire for the... the um, the war babies. Yeah. Now all of us are going to go home and take another look at our our pension plans. Yeah, and I've just been going through this for the last couple of weeks. Whatnot. Todd, always great to talk to you. Thank you for this. You guys too. We'll talk to you in two weeks. You've got Rob back with you next month. Awesome. Right. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, guys. You know, it's a, it's a conversation that if you haven't had it, much like the will conversation, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, with your with your partner. And it is a conversation around our house that is that comes up almost on a weekly basis now of when would you when do you want to retire? Mm-hmm. When can you retire? Are you going to keep or do you want to work after you retire? Maybe do a part time something, do something that might be that you're really interested mm-hmm. in or not at all. And, and it, you know, if, if you are interested in in, in 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 working again, maybe not as many hours maybe not at the, the 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 size of the salary that you are right now is uh, what is it going to be mm-hmm. and how do you get that when you think about it jane it's a bit of an eye-opener at our well i shouldn't say our age i'm older than you but at my age you start thinking about what happens when i die mm-hmm. right that's why we had the will conversation yep. that's why we checked our insurance and that's why we did all that but the next phase of that is what if i live oh yeah <laughs> right. I mean, what if I live? My mom's ninety-three. What yeah. if I live to that age? How am I providing 
for myself, my wife, I, how does that work, right? And that's an even tougher conversation because it's really easy to say, okay, well, let's get sufficient insurance. Mm-hmm. Let's get some wills so that the legalities are all worked out. I don't want to leave that problem on my wife's lap. But what if? What if yeah, you 20 actually years have to from sit now, there right? and take a look at your numbers, mm-hmm. take a look at the numbers, put it all together and get help. Well, I mean, you know, without a doubt. Yeah, get help. Um, now, I've not gotten there yet. As I say, we've gone through the whole will conversation. We've gone through the insurance conversation. We just finished, as you know, reorganizing our mortgage and putting everything financially in place. So I'm good now as long as I keep working. Mm-hmm. But it's not just what if I live healthy? What if I'm unhealthy? What if I get in a car accident and I'm still alive, but I can't work? Or there's just, you know, and do you have the proper insurance for that? And uh, it's not a pleasant conversation and it's not an easy one, but it's a necessary one. And the older you get, the more you think about it, right? And you're, you're, as I say, a lot younger than me. You're starting to think about it now. I've been thinking about it for years, but I haven't known exactly how to make it happen. Right, and every time a Kelly Keene or someone like yeah. that comes in, and I feel like from day to day I'm very sound, yeah. but I ha- I don't have a solid ten-year plan. Well, it's it's you know, coach can retire in two years mm-hmm. from teaching. He can retire in two years. So what is that? That's what the conversation has been. Is what's the plan at that point? Mm-hmm. Where does he go from there? And. Then it turned around, well, Jay, how long do you want to work till? Are you looking at 55? Are you looking at 65? Are you What, what are you right. looking at? And in this business, we know that it, it could be next week. Yeah, yeah. Right? So. Well, I've always said it. You know, I don't, I, you never know how you're going to get in radio and you're. Oh, you know how you're going to get out. You're pretty sure you know how you're going to get out. A tap yeah. on the shoulder is how you're going to get yeah. out. And, and with the words, have you got a minute? Yeah. Uh, but it could come on, in the border. Yeah, on any at any moment <laughs> yeah. at any time. The one thing that I do feel helps me sleep at night is the fact that I almost evenly derive my income from three sources. So I can lose one and I don't lose the whole ship. And at the same time, I can change one of them into something that better suits me at a particular age or time mm-hmm. in my life. So maybe it's just organizing yeah. a festival, but making the festival a little bigger. Or maybe it's just doing radio. Maybe it's just doing comedy. I don't know. It's it's one of those things, again, is if you're not doing what you're doing right now, if you didn't have the job mm-hmm. that you were doing right now, what would you do? What would you want to do? Or what would you have to do? I mean, there's there's an, uh, there's a big difference between what you'd have to do to make ends meet if you needed yeah. to or what you could want to do and do it and enjoy it. And, you know, you... Just because it's a dream. Right. You said a moment ago that, you know, it's better to start these plans early, uh, better than late. Uh, Todd said, well, it's never too late. I'll, I'll never forget quickly a letter I saw probably 30 years ago to Dear Abby. Yeah. Remember, that was uh, at Dear Abby. And somebody wrote and said that they left school early, that they'd worked because their dad died and they had to support the family, and they've worked their entire lives now, and they're 60, and um, they're in a place where they can retire, but they never did what they wanted to do, which was to become a doctor. And... They, they laid it out and said, look, if I can get into a medical school, if I go through the uh, program, the internship and the residence and all that kind of thing, I'll be 68 yeah. by the time I'm a doctor. So what should I do? And, you know, it'll take eight years. And she wrote back simply, well, how old will you be in eight years if you don't do it? 
I've never forgotten. 358 on the 630 Chad Afternoon News. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.